Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? It's going to be fun. Get out your sermon notes. Um, we're going to start in a little bit different of a place today as we continue this series on epic failures. And um, uh, we're going to get to a story found in the book of Exodus in just a, a, a few moments here. It's just going to be, I'm just going to tell it to you instead of reading it to you. And uh, I, I want to start out today with the sermon points, though, first. So make your way down to, to near the bottom. And I'm going to give you the first three uh, sermon points, because this is more of a just a, a reiteration of what we've already covered, and it's just the foundation of what we're going to start with today. Number one, write this down, that when we focused on our past, we tend to repeat it. Have you ever noticed that before? And I'm going to prove that to you today, that when we focus on our past, we tend to repeat it. A lot of people, for instance, are that, that have struggles with sin or with addictions and, and they're, they're trying to be free, but the whole, the whole, every day they're just focusing on, oh, I don't want to sin. 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 And I, I try to tell them, get your, get your mind off of the sin. Set your eyes on the author and finisher of your faith. You set your eyes on Christ, not upon your sin. If you think about the past, you're going to repeat the past. How many know if you think about, oh, I don't want to sin. I don't want to sin. Well, you're actually thinking that, about that very thing that you want to do, which is actually going to lead you back into temptation towards that very Thing. Does that make sense to anybody? Okay, so, uh, so, so there we go. When we focus on our past, we tend to repeat it. Number two, for all who call upon him, our heavenly father, God takes out the sin and not the sinner. This is, this is amazing to me. Now, we've said it in a lot of different ways, but your failure isn't fatal. Your failure isn't final. That God loves to take out the sin, not the sinner. And, and some people believe that, well, God's just going to take me out because he hates me. No, he doesn't. He loves you. He only has good things in store for you. He wants to take the sin out, not you out. He wants to restore you. He wants to revive you and refresh you and anoint you with the power of his spirit. He doesn't want to take you out. He just wants to take the sin out. He, he doesn't want you to fail and keep failing. He doesn't want that for your life. And so he's not out, he, he's not out to get you. He's out to get you. You see what I'm saying? He's not out, he's not out to get you. He's, he's out to get you. That's why he says, come to me. If you're weary, if you're heavy laden, if you're burdened down by, by the weight of this world, come to me. I, I'm out to get you. I, I want, I'm out to bring you in. See, see the, 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 when the prodigal son came to his senses and the father's looking for him, the father wasn't looking like, oh, I'm glad you're home now because now you're going to get it. No, 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 no. The father was so glad. He says, now, no, 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 now you're going to get it. You're going to get my love. You're going to get my mercy. You're going to get my compassion, my grace. You're going to be uh, restored uh, in, 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 into the family. You see how that works, everybody? How many knows that God's really good? I mean, can you talk about those things without a smile on your face? Because God is so good. And some of you don't know God like that. You, you think God is just angry at you. And he's, can I tell you, he, he's He's out to restore you and show you his mercy. And he's, he doesn't want to take you out. He just wants to take the sin out. He wants to show you that your failure isn't final, that it's not fatal, that he, he restores, he reconciles, he makes things better. Number three, this is, this is what I mean by that, that your failures 
are life lessons and not life sentences. They're just life lessons. It's not a life sentence. Well, pastor, I've done something really bad. Yeah, it's just a life lesson. It's not a life sentence. It's a life lesson. It's not a life sentence. And God saves and heals and restores the most vile of sinners. Isn't that amazing? The most vile. It's my belief, and I read this by, I was reading this by uh, Dr. Mark Rutland. Remember, Judas is the one that betrayed Jesus, and he ends up killing himself. And so he gets this money, he betrays Jesus, they take Jesus, they crucify him, obviously, and Judas just, uh, at that point, doesn't really care about the money now, does he? He's just had a regret, and, 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 and the Bible tells us what, what happens. Dr. Mark Rutland, he's, he, he uh, is actually a, a, on the teaching staff at uh, uh, Franklin Jensen's church, and is just a, an incredible pastor and teacher. He said, you know what, I'm, I'm convinced, because God is so merciful, so gracious, had Judas called out to the Lord for salvation, he would have said yes. He would have said yes, because as long as you're alive, you have a, you have a chance to get right with Jesus. If you're praying for somebody who's like, well, I think they're too far gone. No, as long as they have breath, as long as they have life, they can get right with Jesus. I'm going to show you that more in just a second. Isn't that how, how many mature believers, you, you know that to be true, that as long as you're breathing, you've you got a chance because God is loving, he's merciful, he's compassionate. Today, I, I want to focus on, so now we're going to go back to the, the beginning, and I'm going to focus on something, something uh, in the life of Aaron. And I've never taught a sermon on Aaron before. Aaron is the brother of Moses and was the spokesperson for Moses. In fact, Aaron was three years older than Moses, and Moses and Aaron also had a sister who was older than them. Her name was Miriam. Now, Miriam got in trouble, too. She had some regrets, and leprosy actually came upon. That's a different story. Uh, but Miriam had some problems. Aaron had some problems. And Aaron had this, this epic failure in his life. You remember the story that Moses, he's, he's, all of the children have now come out of, out of Egypt. Uh, they're all on this journey to the promised land. And uh, these laws need to come into place. And God, God is actually meeting with Moses up on Mount Sinai, remember this? And, and God actually takes the law, he takes these commandments, and he writes them on tablets of stone, both front and back. And uh, Moses, Moses is alone with God. Well, Moses leaves Aaron in charge. And Aaron does something that is just a failure, a massive failure. It's one of those things that Aaron is going to look back on, and he's going to, he, he, he's going to want, with all of his heart, to close the chapter, to close that chapter in his life and just turn the page. And I'm going to tell you about it in a second, but have you ever done something where that you just wanted, have you ever been through something maybe that you just wanted to close that chapter and turn the page? Like, like some of you, relationally, you've been in relational issues, maybe you've gone through divorce in the past, and and maybe it was lengthy. Maybe it was just maybe just difficulties in marriage that just lasted and, and lasted and lasted. And you thought, man, I can't wait to shut this chapter in my life. I, I just want to turn the page. 
Some of you with, with sicknesses, with difficulties, you, maybe you've dealt with sicknesses like Dan Lay has been dealing with it for a long time. Can, can you imagine what he must be feeling this, this morning saying, boy, I hope this chapter comes to an end and I can just turn the page and get this kidney and go on with the rest of my life. You know what I'm talking about, everybody? Have you done something in your life? Have you been in a place in your life, maybe even financially, where you just, you just were in a mess financially and you couldn't wait for that chapter to close so you could just... Turn the page. I, I just want to start fresh. I just want to start a brand new chapter. And Aaron had one of those moments in his life. Moses is up on Mount Sinai. He's meeting with the Lord. The Lord gives him these commandments. But in the meantime, the Israelites, they get all restless. And, and they start talking to each other. And they start talking to Aaron. And, and they come up like, what's taking Moses so long? This shouldn't take Moses so long. And, What's going on? And, and we're ready to, to, to move on. We're ready to celebrate. We're ready to, 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 you know, get the party started, as it were. And they went to Aaron. And Aaron, he gives in to peer pressure. He gives in to culture. He gives in to the voices of others. Have you ever done that? I have. And Aaron tells all of the Israelites, feeling this pressure, he says, give me all of your jewelry. Give me all of the gold that you have. And and he melts it and he forms a golden calf, an idol. And this is Aaron we're talking about here, Moses' older brother. It's, it's the one who was called by God. Remember, he was on his way to see Moses. And when God is talking to Moses, saying, Moses, okay, Moses, I know you don't want to talk. I know you don't want to speak, but I got a great spokesperson, and it's your brother Aaron. He's coming to you right now. He's going to be, he's going to be the man for you. In fact, Aaron was called to be a priest. Did you know that? He was called to be a priest, and he was. And yet, in the middle of all this pressure, Aaron forms a golden calf. And then he tells the Israelites, hey, listen, tomorrow morning we're going to start this, this festival, this feast, and we're going to, we're going to worship the Lord, he would say, via this golden calf, but you know what God's view on idols is. And so Aaron forms this. And Moses, of course, comes down from Mount Sinai, and, and uh, God has already told him, hey, hey um, I, Moses, while you're up here, your Israelites, your people, your children, they're driving me nuts. They are, they are back into sin. They're back into revelry. They, they are doing things that are ungodly. They are worshiping idols. And Moses, Moses actually does what Moses does best. He becomes the intercessor at that moment. Oh God, be merciful to your children. Oh God, be merciful to the Israelites. Why would you pull us out of Egypt only to destroy us right here? That's not going to go well for your name. And, 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 and Moses is thinking about the name of the Lord. He's thinking about the benef how to be a benefit to his people, to, to, the, to, the, to the Israelites that he's leading. And so God kind of relents and he says, okay, I, I'm not going to destroy them today. But God does says, hey, they will be, there will be consequences down the road. And there was. So Moses comes down the mountain. Joshua says, I, I, I think I hear something in the camp. And Moses says, Oh, no, 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 it's not, it's not war cries, it's, it's actually, it's singing. It's a party, and I hear it, and Moses comes down, and he is so angry that he takes those two tablets that were, that were written by the finger of God, and he casts them down, and they break. And he goes to Aaron, and he says, Aaron, 
What's the deal? How could you possibly have let this happen? And here, Aaron has already made this epic failure. He's already formed an idol. While Moses was meeting with God, Aaron forms a false God. And you would think, as I tell many people, my staff, all of you, you've heard me before, when, when you mess up, just own up. When you mess up, just own up. Hey, can I tell you something about Aaron? He had the chance to just own up, but he makes his failure worse, doesn't he? You know how he does it? Aaron comes, or Moses comes down and says, Aaron, what is the deal? What, what is the deal with you? Why did this happen? And Aaron gives three excuses. First of all, the first thing he says is, hey, oh, oh don't, don't, don't be angry, my Lord. It's what he's saying is, calm down, big brother. Calm down, big brother. I, I, got, I, I got a reason for this. I, I've got a story behind this. You just, you just got to listen to me. Instead of owning up, he's like, no, 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 I, I'm, I'm going to make something up. I'm not going to own up. I'm just going to make something. Calm down, big brother. And then, What's he do? He blames the people. Well, these are really evil people. And, and really, Moses, by the way, they're really your people. These are your people, and they're evil. But, but you know me. You know me, brother. In fact, Moses, it's not just the people. It's actually the fire's fault. Because I just put all this gold in the fire and <laughs> out came this calf. I mean, come on. New song, is that even close to being plausible? Is that, is that even close to being believable? But yet, after this epic failure in Aaron's life, he just keeps making failure after failure after failure. Have you ever done that? Yes, you have. Let me answer that for you. Because how many of you, when you got in trouble, when, when you were little, that you knew you were, you knew you were caught, you, it was, you were caught red-handed, and you just started making up lies? See, it's in the nature of man. It's the flesh in us that just, hey, I, I got to cover for this. I'm, I'm going I'm to blame other people. I'm, I'm going to blame anything I can. I'm going to make anything up that I can just to get out of trouble. My, my daughter, Delight, um, She's beautiful. She is delightful. But like most adopted children, she does have an issue in her life, and it is eating, and she loves it. And it's hard for us to get her to stop eating. And you would just think, little delight, she's so tall and skinny. She eats like a bulldog, everybody. And, and like a lot of adopted children, she loves to take especially candy, but treats of any type, and hide them and sneak them for later. Now, I'm sure that none of your children have ever done anything wrong. It's probably just mine. So one day I, I came home and, and Delight comes down to me and she's almost in tears and she said, Dad, the, the, the toilet is plugged upstairs. I said, well, baby, it, it, it happens, is what I said. Well, that just, that just happens. Dad will go up there and... and, and Unplug it. And I just thought it was a, a natural cause. And then I get up there and I notice that the bathroom doesn't smell and there's no evidence that it was of natural causes. 
And I said, baby, what's in this toilet? She said, chips. I flushed my chips. I said, where did you get those chips? She said, well, I got them from the kitchen. Now, I was just going to show some mercy, some grace here, because it's okay for children to eat chips every now and then. You know what I'm talking about? And then, 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 I, and then it hit me. About two minutes later, I said, now I, I plunged it, and it worked out fine. I said, now, baby, it's not like you to not finish a bag of chips. Like, anything that my daughter opens, she finishes. How many know what I'm talking about? Like, she doesn't stop halfway. I said, baby, tell me the truth. And she starts crying, just crying and crying and crying. I said, baby, what, what, what was it? She said, it was the bag. And I, I said, you flushed the bag. Yeah, I didn't want you to know, you know. And so she flushed the bag of chips. And, and I, I was thankful that she finally owned up to it, but it took her a little while. Has it ever taken you a little while to own up to things? And, and I'm telling you, can I, can I say this, that all of us have a little Aaron in us? We all have a little Aaron in us. And, and some of us, in fact, maybe have had a lot of Aaron in us, and we've made some huge mistakes, and we just lied about it afterwards, and we just made things worse. And some of you are living with the regret of those mistakes. And, and we've dealt the last couple of weeks in, in a couple of different areas, the need for relationships. And of course, you know, last week we you can go back and listen to that. And we dealt with another segment of that. But this week, what, what do we do with that? What does Aaron do with that? Because in my mind, if I were Aaron, I would have probably looked at Moses and said, I don't deserve to be a spokesman for you. I don't deserve, definitely don't deserve to be a priest. I don't deserve this position whatsoever. And I think I'm just going to go now. I think I'm just, I don't know about you, but if I led, in fact, the Bible says that when this revelry was happening, that it wasn't just a, a party atmosphere, that, that, that the, the, the connotation, the, 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 uh, the text really reads that it was, it, there was a lot of um, uh, indulging in, in things of a sexual nature. I'm trying to watch my words because we have kids in here. That it, it was... It was bad, everybody. It was really bad. It was, let me say it this way, it was just perverted, what was happening in the camp. And, and if I put myself there in Aaron's shoes, I think I would have I wanted just to walk away. I can't face God anymore. I can't face these people anymore. I can't face Moses anymore. God, I don't deserve to be here. I don't know what to do about my failure. I don't know what to do about my past. I don't know what to do with that. And, and I'm going to teach you here today what, what, God, what God thinks about that and what God wants to do in you and through you, even though you have a past. I want you to look at Isaiah, the, the prophet Isaiah. Chapter 43 is where we're going to start. And this is such a beautiful portion of scripture. Now, Isaiah is prophesying and he's He's really talking about the Israelites in chapter 41, 42, and 43. He's talking about their sins. He's talking about the rebellion. He's talking about the discipline that the Israelites have had to go through. And then all of a sudden, listen to new song, all of a sudden, God turns the page. All of a sudden, he's talking about all the failures of the Israelites in chapter 43. God turns the page for them. 
And if you're, if you're here in this room and you're like, I, I, I just can't turn the page. I, I want to close this chapter and I want to turn the page. I just don't know how, can I tell you in Isaiah 43, it's going to be so encouraging to you because God actually turns the page in the life of the Israelites. Watch, watch, watch this, everybody. Isaiah 43, verse 1. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel. So Isaiah is prophesying to the Israelites. He says, do not fear. This is the Lord. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The, the flames will not set you ablaze. Now, how many, just of those verses right there, you recall some Bible stories about some people who weren't burned when they were in the flame, about some, some Israelites who crossed on dry ground. How many remember some stories when you're just reading that? Isn't that amazing? He says, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Don't be afraid, for I'm with you. I will bring your children. Watch this, everybody. Now, I, I wasn't going to leave this in here prior uh, originally, but I added it because I wanted to encourage you on something else right here that's in the word of God. He says, I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west, and I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, who I created for my glory, whom I formed, whom I formed and made. Can I, can, I, can, can I break in right here? So God is turning the page for the Israelites. He's saying, hey, hey, I know about your failures. I know about your sins, but, but don't I love you? Haven't I proven that to you? And he said, by the way, I love you so much that there are some other parts of the family. There's some other children's of the fam children of the family that aren't really here right now. They're not really gathered with us. And hey, 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 I will say to the north, I will say to the south and to the east and the west, come, come. Like, I'm not, I'm not only after you, but I'm after those you don't see. I'm after those you haven't been in contact with. I'm after those who are on the outskirts. Can I tell you something? There are times, and, I, and I'm sure if you've ever been in a prayer meeting with me at some point, you've probably heard me pray something like this concerning, concerning those who are lost lost loved ones, lost, lost family members, lost friends, people who just don't know Jesus. And they're wandering away from the faith. They're not just wandering away from us, but they're wandering away from the, from the faith. And oftentimes I'll pray, Father, we declare to the north and the south and the east and the west, we declare to all of those who don't know you, come to Jesus, come from the north, come from the south, come from the east, come from the west, and come to Jesus. We call you in. Where do we get that? Right here. Because did you know that God's calling them to? And we're just joining with God, calling in people who don't know him, who aren't in right relationship with him. If you have a son or a daughter or a mom or a dad or a brother or a sister or a loved one, a friend that doesn't know Jesus, let's say they don't, need, they don't know Jesus and they're living in South Bend. Did you know it's okay to say, Father, I join with you in calling to the north. Come to Jesus. And then call him by name. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. So I call you back into the family of God. I pray for you. 
How many know you can do that? That God allows us to pray for those who don't know him. In fact, he calls us to pray for those who don't know him. Remember everybody, we are called to pray, to intercede. And that is a, that is such a beautiful portion of scripture, isn't it? So beautiful, but, but God's not done yet. Isaiah 43 verse 16. He's continuing now. He's turning the page. For these Israelites, he says, this is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and the horses, the army and reinforcements together, and, and, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. And he's obviously talking about the Red Sea right there, the crossing of the Red Sea and God's deliverance for the Israelites. He's like, hey, hey, do you remember that? Remember when I made a way? Do you remember when all of these great things happened and the people who were pursuing you, they, they actually were washed away. Remember, remember that? Now watch what he says, verse 18. This is amazing. Now God would say, remember that? Okay, forget it. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. I'm turning the page now. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Am I, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Like, 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 come on, everybody, forget the days of the past. I'm, I'm doing something new now. I'm doing something new. Now, again, Isaiah is a prophet. He's actually prophesying about the coming of Christ. And the truth of that is found in the next verses when he says, the wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Every theologian, every commentator know that this is, this is a messianic prophecy that's saying, hey, Jesus is going to come onto the scene. And when he does, it's not just going to affect the Israelites. It's actually going to affect all of the Gentiles. It's going to be people from outside, people you thought were, were, were the worst of the worst. They're going to come into the family of God, into the kingdom of God. And God is saying, hey, listen, I'm doing a new thing. I'm turning the page. You're going to see that this is the end of a chapter coming soon. I'm turning the page and things are going to be different in your life. I'm turning the page. It says, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the things of the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Let me ask you a question. For those who continue to dwell on your past, on your failures, what good does that do? Well, I'm just asking, what good does that do? What do you accomplish? Remember that one time that God just looked at you and said, don't do that, and you did it anyway. And you regret it, and you failed. And you look back and say, I did. I did that, God. And it's just hanging over your head. Why are you doing that? Does God say to do that? No. Does it, does it benefit you in any way whatsoever? No. So you thought that that was a life sentence. But I'm here to tell you it was just a life lesson. Number four, write this down. New song, God is actually telling his people to focus on what he is doing and not what's been done. <laughs> I love that. He's telling me, no, no, no. 
get your eyes off the past. I don't want you, I don't want you to focus on what's been done. I want you to focus on what I'm doing. I'm doing a new thing. Don't you see it? Don't you see it springing up? I'm doing a new thing. Can I tell you something? This, this verse rings true. And, and you know, this portion of scripture in Isaiah, because it applies to so many areas of our life, it, it's not just a messianic prophecy. That it's also a teaching on how we are to live life. And, and, and it's used all the time. Don't you see that I'm doing this new thing? Don't you, don't you perceive it? Don't you know it? Get, get your eyes off the past and stop looking at what's been done and look at what I'm doing. Look at what I'm doing. Don't you know that God wants you to look at what he's doing? Let me say this again. Don't you know that God wants you to look at what he's doing and not what you've done? You see it? You see it? And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm explaining to you how, how to close the chapter and turn the page. So I'm not going to think about what I've done. I'm going to think about what God is doing. And I know that, this, that the devil has convinced some people here in this room that it's just too late, that you're just too far gone. And we've been talking about this. And I'm going to bring it up this week and next week too. You might say, I'm just too far gone. It's just too late for me. I've just done too much and God won't accept me. That's just a lie. Because everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's a guarantee. It's a promise. I mean, God's not a liar. God says, well, if you just, if you just call upon me, I'll save you. If you just call upon me, we can close that chapter out. And you can turn the page and see, see not what you've done, but what I'm doing. And new song, when you get your eyes off of what you've done, when you get your eyes off of your past and you set your eyes upon what God is doing, oh, or the things that you could accomplish for the glory of the Lord, the things that we could do together for the glory of the Lord if we just focus in on what God is doing. See, the man I used to be, I am no more. I have, I have issues. I, I got, I'm just like you, fail. But one thing I've realized about God is that my failures are in the past. And I leave them there. And I've learned, I've just trained myself. I don't think about what I've done. I just think about what God is doing and where does he want me in the middle of that plan? Because he's a good God. He's a good God. You don't have to relive your past. You don't have to repeat your past. If you keep thinking about it, it's just going to pull you down. You need to get your eyes and your mind off of it. And you need to move on. And you need to make a declaration today. Father, I declare that that season of my life is over. That season of guilt is over. That season of condemnation is over. I'm not going to keep thinking about my past. I'm not going to keep thinking about the failure. I'm not going to keep thinking about that sin. I'm not going to keep thinking about that huge regret in my life. I have closed the chapter in, in, in the book of my life concerning that, and I am turning the page. And this is a new chapter, and it's a new day, and a new week, and a new month, and a new year, and a new life. And I'm going to focus my eyes on you. 
and you're going to use me for your glory. You're going to use me for the expansion of your kingdom and the benefit of your name, the glory of your name. You see what I'm talking about, new song? It does you no good to think about your past. Can I tell you something about Aaron? He had an epic failure. And God still used him as a priest. Read it. He had an epic failure. And he was a chosen priest. Did you know that you are too? You're chosen by God. You've been chosen by God. Well, pastor, what about this failure? Yeah, it's, that chapter's closed. Don't you see? Do you not perceive it? Don't dwell on your past. God is doing a new thing. He's doing something new in you. He's doing something new in the earth, something new in his children. He's calling us to greater and better things for the glory of his name. Don't you see it? Don't you know it? I was so happy. They're here in the room, so I'm not going to say who they are. I'm so, so happy. There's there's somebody in this church gets this. And, and, and just a, a few weeks ago, they came to me and said, Pastor, we want to plant a church. I said, where? They're like, give us some options. I, I, I gave them a few options, and, and they chose to plant a church all by themselves. They planted a church in underground China, everybody. Isn't that cool? Isn't that awesome? Somebody right here in this room, a couple right here in this room, and they did it. They did it because they, they knew that... that that they're called to do something powerful for the glory of the Lord. That, that there have been chapters in their life that are now closed and it's over. And Hey, I'm going to live for the glory of the Lord. I want to do something great for the glory of the Lord. And they funded a church in underground China. I just love that. You know what it is? It's getting their eyes off of the past and saying, no, I'm just going to make a difference in the future. I want my life to be worthwhile. I want to do something worthwhile for the glory of God. Isn't that awesome? Stand up today. I I made a declaration at the end of this message today. God is telling his people to focus on what he's doing and not on what's been done. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 22. Can we pull that up there? The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies... They never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. See, everybody, when you woke up this morning, there were, there were not, it was just a little bit of mercy. The Bible says in limitations, mercies, plural, There were, let me say it this way, when you woke up this morning, you woke up to multiple mercies that cover your multiple mistakes. You woke up to multiple mercies that cover your multiple mistakes, that cover your multiple sins. Great is his faithfulness. He is doing a new thing, and your past has nothing to do with it. Come on, get that inside of you today. He's doing a new thing in you, and your past has nothing to do with it. And now we're going to make this declaration. This is going to be our prayer. At the end of this, it's going to be on the screen. Go ahead and put it up on the screen. Let's see if we can see it. I want you to read this uh, this aloud with me. 
And we're gonna make this declaration. In fact, what I'd like you to do is just at least raise up one hand. We're just gonna make a declaration to God together. And this is gonna be powerful. This is how we're ending it. It's a mass altar call for all of us. And it goes just like this. I declare, come on, read it with me. I declare that I am a child of God and my past is in the past. I am forgiven. God's multiple mercies have covered my many mistakes. Who I was is not who I am. My past does not define me, nor does it determine my future. My father goes before me. Therefore, as I fix my eyes on him, I cannot see what is behind. God is doing something new in me, and I am following his lead. My best days are ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you receive that today? Amen, amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.